Yeah, so tonight's sort of an alternate version of what I thought last night was going to be like. Yesterday at work, I was, I remember thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I'm on the mend. I can, I, I'm not as sick as I was a couple days ago. I'm just going to go home. I'm going to walk batty. I'm going to go inside. I'm going to smoke a little weed. And then I'm just going to, you know, have a meal and go to bed, get a lot of sleep, a lot of sleep. That was my plan. I was like, I'm going to get a lot of sleep. Just do nothing. Have a very relaxing, quiet evening with my dog. And get a lot of sleep because I have a big weekend ahead of me at work, it being Labor Day and all. Big sales. That was my plan last night. And then, uh, you know, if you listen to last night's episode, if you want to call it that, I mean, it was definitely an episode. I don't think it was an episode of every, of every night's a school night. Or it was the ultimate episode of every, every night's a school night, but uh, or night school, whatever the fuck this show's called. The artist formerly known as a show. I don't think this is a show anymore, but... Uh, I, uh, you know, if you listen to that episode, you'd know, you know, I watched a, a SWAT standoff that lasted for seven and a half hours. I witnessed about the last six hours of it, but, uh, you know, coming home tonight, I was like, you know, I know, at the very least, I know that the street isn't going to be blocked off by police and armored trucks and men with machine guns. But I also don't take anything for granted and I'm like, I gotta I gotta just get home. And I actually I had a mission when I got home. I had something I had a very important I had to do, which I'll get to in a second. But other than that, you know, it's it's been that sort of night. Because inter- I guess I'll just mention my mission. I won't leave you hanging. But uh Interestingly, this morning, because the first thing I did this morning when I was getting ready for work is I uh, I looked out the window that I was looking at, the window that I was using to see the SWAT guys in my next door neighbor's backyard. You know, I, I was talking about how uh, the SWAT team was using, you know, there's one house in between me and the house from last night. And my next door neighbor was out of town, so they were using his backyard and his back deck as a vantage point. They had their guns positioned. The mysterious SWAT man with a, a tripod of some kind, he was in the backyard there. They had at least one or two dogs back there. I think there was more going on back there than I realized, because I, I could just get glimpses of them on occasion. Because my next door neighbor's yard is pitch black, and I, I could only get glimpses of who was back there from my own lights. You know, the few lights I have that cast light over there, I would just occasionally get, like, just enough to make something out. But uh, today, when I woke up, it being light out, because I was all under the darkness, it being light out, I looked out that window, and I was just like, I wanted to see, like, what's what's the aftermath? What can I see? Is, is, are there any signs that they were even there? Is my next door neighbor's backyard going to look like a war zone today? Is, is there going to be any evidence that these men were even there last night? And I looked down and sure enough, they actually hacked through Kalen's fence. They hacked through the boards 
to get into that guy's backyard. And that was my, you know, beyond just not wanting anybody to get hurt or die. My next greatest concern was just like, I, I hope nobody's property is damaged. I hope none of I hope none of the bystanding houses property is damaged by any of this. But sure enough, they they hacked away at uh, Kalen's fence because he has a you know you know one side of his fence borders my yard, the other side of his fence borders the madman's yard. And sure enough, they hacked away. They hacked a big uh, human-sized hole. So they could enter that guy's yard that way. And I'm like, poor Kalen. He's out of town and they hacked, they, they had men stationed in his yard and they also hacked through his fence. They damaged his fence. Do they pay for that? How does that work? Do you just come home one day and you're like, someone destroyed part of my fence? Do they call him? Like, do the authority, did the authorities call Kalen and be like, oh, by the way, we had armed men and the tripod man stationed in your yard last night and we also destroyed your fence to get to the madman i figure they have to do they do they pay for that to repair that how does that work i'm, I'm genuinely curious if i have a chance to talk to kaylin i'm going to ask him like are they going to pay for the repair of your fence or does does the madman have to pay for it how does that work you can't just leave and it looks like too because i walked by it today it looked like they might have ripped the the gate off too to Kaylin's backyard to get in there because my I lock my back gate so they would have if, if it had been my yard they would have had to have ripped it off the hinges but it looked to me like they ripped Kaylin's gate off the hinges too poor Kaylin but anyway I was looking out that window this morning just to observe the damage and I kind of gasped I was like because oh! there was so much I couldn't see I was just getting these glimpses of what was going on. And so seeing that they hacked a hole in his fence, I was like, <gasps> and then I looked down and outside of his fence, along the side of the house that borders my house, I see the biggest wasps, wasps nest I've ever seen. And that's no exaggeration. Prior to this, the biggest wasp's nest I've ever seen was in the woods, and it was no longer being used. It was just hanging from a tree. And I remember thinking, oh boy, I'm glad that's no longer in use, because I'm deathly allergic to wasps, I found out. I wasn't when I was a kid, but your body chemistry changes apparently every seven years, and at some seven-year interval, I became deathly allergic to wasps, because I got stung by something. I, I don't know... I don't know if, if you're allergic to one, are you allergic to all of them? You know, I can't risk it either way. Am I just allergic to hornets, just allergic to wasps? Is there a difference between their venom? I really don't know. What I know is I, I can't risk it. I got hospitalized summer 2016 after I got stung on the ankle by a, 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 hor a, a hornet, a wasp, something. And I, I don't know the difference. I don't know what's what. There's yellow jackets, yellow jackets, but I don't really, it's like alligators, crocodiles, and caiman, all that stuff. It's like, you know, I know, I kind of know the difference between those, but I don't know the difference between these stinging insects. But it's changed my life. You know, I, I fear them greatly. Like if I see them anywhere, I have to go, I have to go somewhere else. 
it's greatly limited my ability to enjoy nature during certain times of year. Um, I don't want to live in fear, but I, realistically, I need to. So, but I look down and, and I see like, cause I keep my garbage cans on that side of my house, the little walkway between me and Kaylin's house. And, uh, this giant, I mean, it's like the size of a small basketball. I've never seen a nest that big. And, and they had made it on the bottom. Like all of our houses in this neighborhood have an artificial fireplace. And on the outside of the house where the artificial fireplace is, there's just a vent like this sort of metal vent that sticks out and they they made it on the underside of the metal vent and it, it's it's right there like almost directly across from where I put my garbage can so I've actually been and I generally only take my garbage can to and fro at night so unbeknownst to me this giant wasp's nest has been right there all along and about Two or three weeks ago, I discovered a, there was a wasp's, a wasp's nest under my back deck, and I didn't know that was there. So I've been watering my plants and stuff, not knowing that just under my feet was a, a death trap for me. And so a friend of mine came over and sprayed it, and I was like, phew, narrowly avoided that one. But I don't know if this I don't know if these were survivors of that nest who just migrated about 10 yards away to my the side of my neighbor's house. But either way, like I can't have that there. I can't live safely and have a small basketball-sized wasp nest directly facing the side of my house. Like that's also where I have to go to get into my back gate. And so I, I, but the strange, uh, the strange blessing of it all, Batty, it's all right, buddy. The strange blessing of it all, Batty, come on, man. He's probably sensitive to every noise tonight. Batty, not now. Come on. Not, not now. Not now. Not now. Um, I, anyway, uh, I can't deal with noise after last night. Um, but the strange blessing of it all is that I wouldn't have known that wasp nest was there. Batty, please not tonight. You barked a lot last night and had very good reason. But tonight we're going to be quiet, except for me, because I'm going to yap. Batty, Batty, just just relax. Um, but the, the strange thing is, like, I keep the... I never look at that side of the house during the day. I only go over there at night, really, unless I have a good reason. And I keep the shades drawn on that side of the house because the other side of my house faces a green belt so I can keep the shades open and not feel like I'm looking into someone else's world. But the other side of the house, I keep the shades drawn because that's where the other houses are. And uh, I just I don't want to see into somebody else's world and I don't want them to see into mine. But I, I pulled the shade up last night so I could watch these SWAT troopers in my neighbor's backyard. And because I went to go like assess the damage they did or assess the evidence, I just happened to see that I've been living alongside this death trap of wasps. And I could see them coming and going. It was like watching uh, TIE fighters leave the Death Star. Cause you know, I, I leave for work around uh, 9 a.m., 9.05. 
And so the wasps were just getting going for the day. This is clearly an active Death Star of wasps. And I was like, oh my God. I can't... I don't even know what I can do about this. It's on my neighbor's property, but it's in a common area that immediately affects my life, my actual ability to live. And Kalen's out of town, so I can't even contact him about it. I mean, I guess I could, but... I can't go knock on his door and say, hey, what's going on with the wasp nest there? And I, I thought about it, too. I was like, if I were to hire somebody to destroy or remove it, I don't even know if they or I could legally do that. I don't think you can hire somebody to, de to destroy a wasp nest if it's not your house and property. Like, it's your natural right. It's, it's definitely within my natural right to do something about it. But as far as my legal right, I don't know that I'm allowed to do anything about that. So I had half a can of Raid left, hor like Raid that's designed to kill uh, wasps and hornets. And so this morning I was just like, I know there's a lot of them coming and going, but I have to do something to it now. And so um, before I left for work, I just, I took the can of Raid and I just... I put gloves on, I put a hoodie on, I put a jacket on, and you know, it's it's way too early for jacket and hoodie weather. It's windbreaker weather still. But I put a jacket, hoodie on, gloves, and I just like put the hood on and pulled it tight. And I was like, I'm just going to go over to it as safely as possible and quickly as possible. And I'm going to unload as much of this raid on it as I can. And that's what I did. I just... Like a like a like a hitman. I felt like a hitman, like holding a gun. Like I had this can of raid with a trigger on it, and I just very coldly and quickly just walked straight to it, and just there was only enough raid to kind of douse one side of it. But I made sure to get some into the entrance they use the funnel that they use to enter. So like I was able to spray one side of it. And also spray the entrance a little bit. And I was like, well, that, that'll at least do something. I don't know if that'll kill them all. I don't know if that'll destroy the nest. But I know that that shit is, that shit kills them. Like, I don't know if spraying one, one side of it is enough to get rid of it, get rid of them. But I'm like, I know this will do something. This will at least discourage them until I can come up with the rest of my plan. But it's just amazing. Like, I would have had no idea that was there. And I needed to know that was there. I needed to know something like that existed so close to me every day. And I only know because the crazed madman had a standoff with a SWAT team last night. And I just happened to raise that curtain. They just happened to go into my next door neighbor's backyard. And I voyeuristically watched them through that window. And I wanted to see the aftermath this morning, which allowed me to see the, the wasp nest. So a stroke of luck, really, as unlucky as it felt to find the wasp nest and be like, fuck, I've got to do something. It felt incredibly lucky to just find out that it existed so that, you know, who knows what would have happened? I don't even want to think about it. I could have just innocently strolled down the between our houses like I do like like I said I take my I store my garbage can right across from it
I could have just innocently tried to take my garbage can back there, not knowing a bunch of assassins were waiting for me. And so when I, at work, I, I ran an errand and I, I bought two more cans of Raid. And I was like, after work, I have to finish the job. The rest of my night's going to be peaceful. Peace, peaceful. The rest of my night's going to be peaceful. The rest of my night's going to be peaceful. But I, the first thing I have to do when I get home is, one, take a look at it. And then finish the job. And so that's what I did. I got home from work. I took a, 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 a very brief peep, what they call a brief peep, at the nest. And I didn't see any coming and going. So I'm like, now is as good of a time as any. And I just, I walked up like a killer, which is what I am for doing that. And I just, I unloaded an entire can into it, just soaked it. And then what did I do? I went back to my garage, I grabbed the second can I bought, and I said, I'm going to unload this one into it too. This thing is like the size of a basketball. I have to, even if that's overkill, I have to go and I have to unload the second can now too. I have to hit him hard and hit him quick. So that's what I did after work, is I was like, I have this mission. Uh, I have to spray this horrible nest on the side of this hive on the side of Kaylin's house. And I'm not going to ask him permission either, because I thought he was out of town still, because he was out of town last night when the ordeal happened in the neighborhood. But I just went and I unloaded both cans. And then I walked Batty. But funny enough, and like I, I walked Batty about 15 minutes after I killed the nest. And interestingly, like between killing the nest and starting my walk, Kalen got home. His garage was open with his car there. And I was like, was he there when I was spraying the side of his house with harsh chemicals? And I was thinking like, poor Kalen, like I probably should have asked him if I could spread, I should have called him or something and said, hey, there's a horrible wasp nest on the side of your house that faces mine and I'm deathly allergic. Is it cool if I spray them? You never know. Someone's like, oh, I don't like chemicals. Oh, you know, you never know what someone's going to say. He's a really nice guy, but still, you never know how someone's going to feel about someone spraying harsh chemicals onto their property. But I, I had to do it. But it, it just kind of freaked me out where I was like, did he see me out the window, like, spraying something on the side of his house? Especially after what happened. Like, he comes home, and he finds out that a SWAT team was in his yard, and they destroyed part of his fence to get to this madman. And then his other neighbor is, like, on the side of his house. It's like, poor Kalen can't catch a break. And both things needed to happen. Like, the SWAT team apparently needed to destroy part of his fence because that's a, it's an eye-opening thing i mean I, I know this about law enforcement but it's still kind of eye-opening when you see it firsthand where it's like they don't ask you know they they had to use his property they had to damage his fence to do what they needed to do maybe they didn't have to maybe the same result would have happened but as far as their their strategy goes they had to do it 
and they just can. They they can just do that. And, you know, I'm not against that either. Like, I, you know, I'm not anti-police. I'm not anti-law enforcement at all. I'm, I'm very in the middle. I see the necessity of them. I think a lot of what they do, they do for good reason. But there's a part, I, I also don't like it. Like, I'm not against law enforcement's use of just, like, claiming a random bystander's backyard as their, you know, as, as their staging ground for a SWAT raid and damaging the property in the process if they have to. I'm not against that because I, I know they need to do that. But I don't think you have to like it either. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, that's a great thing. It's The whole thing sucks. And I'm sure they feel that way. I'm sure that law enforcement, I'm sure the SWAT team feels that way too. Like, oh yeah, it kind of sucks we had to break through this guy's fence. But poor, poor Kalen's getting double teamed. Between me spraying Raid, two cans of Raid on the side of his house and the SWAT team busting things on the other side and a madman holing up over there. You know, he's just, he's getting hit up on both sides. The only thing that worried me was because of the wasp nest was attached to a metal vent that goes into his house, I thought, like, did I just fill Kalen's house with harsh fumes? Poisonous fumes? I don't necessarily think so. Because I didn't, like, spray the raid into his vent. But it does enter the house. Like, that vent does eventually go into the fireplace. Fortunately, like, I think there's a filter in there. The fireplace has a screen. It has glass. So it's it's not like I just sprayed chemicals right into his house. But I was like, that poor guy just got home. And he uh, he's having to deal with the, the damage and the the bewilderment of what took place the night before. But now he's potentially having to breathe poisonous fumes because of me. And was he there? Like, was he already home when he when I did that? Did he see me doing it? I have no idea. But anyway, when I was walking Batty, we walked by uh, the house, the house where all this took place. And they boarded up the front of it because they did they did knock the door down and cause damage. And so there's a big piece of plywood over the door where the door used to be. And it was very eerie because uh, walking by it, the house is completely dark. I think there's a couple light. Yeah, there's a couple lights on in the back of the house which I believe is where he was. Usually in those situations, the um, the culprit holes up in the back of the house. So I'm sure he was in the back of the house. I could see a couple lights on back there. But the rest of the house is completely dark. And the outdoor lights are off, so it's just this dark... It just, it seems... It's, it, 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 it feels dark. And uh, I saw that, but then 
the air conditioner was running. Just the rattle of an air conditioner. And I was like, this is, this is eerie. It's the eerie rattle of their air conditioning unit. Because the house is empty. You know, the madman, he's locked up. But his mom isn't back there. His mom lives there, but she's not there. I don't know if she'll ever go back there. I, I don't know if this woman will survive this. Because when my neighbor was talking to me about them, because I don't know them. But when she was talking to me about them, she's like, yeah, you know, the Sherry or whatever her name is, the woman who lives there, she's like, she's very feeble. And I didn't know that about her. I've, I've barely seen her. Like, when I, you know, those people have lived there for, I'd say, you know, four years. And in all these years living by them, I've only seen them kind of come and go in their cars on occasion. And their shades are often drawn. And I've noticed that they, their air conditioner runs almost continuously year-round. It's just something I notice. You know, you notice little things about your neighbors. Like, I have air conditioning. You know, I inherited this house from my mom. And uh, she was so thrilled that, you know, she had sold a house. She was a real estate agent. She'd sold a, a house and got good money from it. And so what she did is she rewarded herself with an air conditioning unit. And so when I inherited the house, I inherited the air conditioner. But my mindset is like, I'm going to use this as little as possible. Like, I use it. Like, in the summer, it's, it's wonderful. But I don't use it in the spring. You know, I, I, I use it in the, uh, only in the summer when it gets really hot. Um, but uh, I always found it weird that even in, in the, the cold months, when I would walk by their house, the air conditioning unit would be running. Because you notice that kind of thing about people. Because I'm very self-conscious of my air conditioner. Because one, it feels like a status symbol. But second, it's really loud. And I feel bad, especially for neighbors that don't have air conditioning. I always think like, you know, not only did, do they not have air conditioning when it's really hot out, so they're more miserable, but they have to listen to mine. Like they have to listen to me enjoy the coolness of my house. But at least it's only in the summer months. But I always found it a little weird that this house, the shades are always closed and there's just an air conditioner running almost the entire year. And so walking by it tonight after everything that happened last night, there's just this eerie rattle of the air conditioning unit in this empty house. You know, because those are pre-programmed. So it's like even after everything, even after this house was raided, smoked out. You know, the thing that is oddly memorable last night was once they tried to smoke him out, once they released the the chemical munitions and it set off his smoke alarms. And, and I was just hearing multiple beeps kind of, kind of a, a, a disjointed rhythm of different fire alarms going off in his house. That was when shit got really scary to me. Because I was imagining him. Like, I know how it feels to be in a house with fire alarms going off. And I'm like, there's smoke pouring into his house. 
shit is getting really real now. And he's in there with just fire alarms blaring. And I could hear them. And then, you know, last night, like after it was all over, I went out on my deck and I can see his, I can see this window not very far away from me into their house. It, it, it's a view into the hallway that I believe goes into the bedroom, which is where I believe he was. He was most likely holed up in the bedroom in the back of the house. It makes the most sense. And uh, I, I could see in there. And it was the only light on in the house. And everything else around is pitch black. I took a picture of it. And then imagining, you know, not even imagining, just walking by the house today when it's just dark. The eerie rattle of the air conditioner. And knowing that they run the air conditioner all the time year round. And it's a quirk I've noticed about them. It, it just affected me in some way. I was like, oh yeah, the, the air conditioner is still running. It's the closest thing to life in that house right now. And like I said, I don't know if the mom is going to be able to go back there. Like, They're going to have to fix the door and probably the, the awning above the door. It looked like there was some damage even beyond the door. Because when you take a battering ram to a front door, I mean, you damage more than just the door and the hinge. Like... It looked like a lot was damaged, and they were lighting off explosives on the porch. Like, there's kind of a wooden awning that goes above the door, hangs out over the port, front porch, and it looked like boards from, the, from above that had, like, gotten blown up or something, or gotten ripped apart. So there's a lot of damage to the front of the house. And knowing what her son was doing in there, like, their son was locked up in there with, with a... With a what I found out, this is another twist. You know, my neighbor told me that he had knives, that he had taken pictures of knives and said that he was going to die suicide by cop. I looked at the police scanner report after it was all over last night, after I was done recording, and he actually had a sword. And he had said, I'm going to kill as many cops as possible. So he had a sword and he, th he was threatening to kill as many cops as he possibly can before they killed him. I didn't even know he had a sword last night. I found that out later. And I didn't know that he had said, like, I'm going to kill as many cops as possible. He had a sword. What kind of sword? But is this woman going to be able to return there? And in a strange twist, too, a couple months ago, the lady across the street who I'm friendly with, an older lady, she called me and, and I was at work and she was like, hey, Eric, like, uh, I just had a question for you. And she was like, oh, and also, um, one of the ladies in the old ladies in the neighborhood told me that, uh, you know, she wants you to be on the housing board the HOA board and I was like I've never even met her and she's like you know everybody in the neighborhood likes you I've lived here long on and off longer than anybody because I live with my mom when I first moved here then I moved out and then I uh, 
I would periodically come back and stay here and stuff. So, like, I, I am the longest uh, tenant, you know, in this neighborhood, in this development. So people know of me, and people had a very high opinion of my mom, very high opinion of my mom. They did. And so I guess they just liked the idea of me, like this nice young man being on the HOA board. But this lady had apparently, like, suggested it to my other neighbor, and it was it was that lady. It was the mom of the madman. And that poor woman, because, like, she put a restraining order against him, he... He lived with her, but like he obviously, if you put a restraining order against him, he can't be in the house. But then he he broke into the house anyway, and that's when the whole, whole ordeal started. But it's like, is she going to be able to return there, knowing? I mean, one, it's damaged. It doesn't have a front door. There's a, a a big piece of plywood over the where the front door once was. There's probably other damage. There's a darkness. And my neighbor told me she was she's feeble anyway. Like, is she gonna survive this? The, you know, it's horrifying. So I'll keep an eye on that house just to see what becomes of it. You know, nobody will hold it against her. I think everybody will be very sympathetic about it. But because I was thinking too, like, can he come back? Like, I figure, like. Can, can what if his mom like dropped the charges? I guess it wouldn't even matter at that point. Like the burglary charge wouldn't matter because like if you're in a standoff with police, you've now gone beyond the burglary charge, what they call going beyond the burglary charge, and you're now in a whole other territory. Like I think you you would have to serve some sort of prison time, and in this case, I think the guy is probably going to be committed. But I don't think the neighbors, like, because, like, now, like, my thought, like, when I was thinking about it last night, I was less concerned with what was happening then, and I was actually thinking more about the fact that this guy has lived there all these years, and he's this, he's capable of this kind of psychotic break. I'm just like, thank God that my house doesn't directly border his. Because the most I've ever seen of him is I've seen him driving a couple times, a few times, years ago. I think I've seen him take the garbage to the curb a couple times. And I've seen him doing yard work. Like, they, they have a, a really well-maintained yard. It looks like they have nice plants. And, I you know, and honestly, like I said, I haven't seen these people up close. And just like a witness description of a crime you realize like how little you actually know even visually about your neighbors sometimes. Because like I've seen these people in passing and haven't stared at them. But if you asked me what my impression was of the people, the man and the woman in that house, I thought they were a couple. And I thought they were kind of just like a mild-mannered liberal couple who kept to themselves. Like he has a long ponytail and glasses I was just like, oh, they're, they're like an older Olympia liberal couple who probably don't have any kids and they just keep a quiet life. But I realized, like, I don't, I, I had no basis for thinking that. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I can't believe he had a sword. Just utterly insane. But when I got back home tonight and, you know, killed the, the wasp nest... Hopefully that's the end of it.
hopefully they don't reconvene somewhere else. I mean, I got this nest good. Hopefully it discourages them if I didn't kill them all. But when I got back in and I was I was eating before I hit record here and I don't I don't like silence in my house. If I'm home, I always have some sort of audio on. It's been years since I listened to much music, but I almost always have some kind of like dialogue going on my computer. I almost always have a podcast, an interview, just something. I have some kind of dialogue going. Batty, don't bite me, man. It's a, it's a quiet night. We're happy. There's no madness outside. Don't bite me. All, all's normal if Batty's trying to bite me, though. But uh, I almost always, I, I feel really uncomfortable when there's just silence in my house. I can't eat in silence. I can't, even getting ready for work in the morning with the water running and the shower, I just, I feel uncomfortable if I don't have some sort of dialogue. Like I can enjoy silence. Like I, I can, I'm not afraid of silence. I just feel a lot more comfortable in my house if I have some sort of sound on. Even just, even if I'm not paying attention to it and often I'm not, I just kind of enjoy having that on but I, when I got into my house tonight, I was about to put a podcast on and I thought, no, I just feel like silence right now. I just want to eat in silence. Like it doesn't feel right to listen to anything right now. Because the noises I was hearing, like the, it, so much noise, like like I was saying on the episode last night, I wouldn't have been able to sleep if I wanted to. You know, I wanted to stay up to watch what was going on, but even if I tried, there was a loud intercom, you know, saying like, this is the Thurston County Sheriff's Office, Carl Banks, you know, you are uh, under arrest for burglary in the first degree. You know, please come out, you know, with your hands up and have and comply with the officers, have no weapons, cell phones or knives. You know, we will use force if necessary and we cannot guarantee your safety. We have chemical munitions and canines. They kept saying that on an intercom over and over again. I'm sure you could hear it in the background of the episode. There were explosions. There was just the sound of a bunch of large vehicles in front of my house. There was the sound of, you know, law enforcement officers talking. It was a loud night, what they call a loud night. And so being in my house, it wasn't even symbolic or anything. Like, I, I actually didn't feel comfortable listening to anything or having any kind of audio on. I was just kind of like, I just need everything to be quiet. And when I walked Batty, it was weird because I saw like neighbors coming and going and I was just like, I felt this kinship with them. I was, I was, I didn't talk to anybody, but I felt like we all witnessed something insane last night. And I really, I, I don't know most of the people. I, I know a handful of neighbors and I was like, I really appreciate that all of these people are sane right now. I felt a warmth toward them. And I feel no animosity toward Carl. I feel no animosity toward him, toward his madness. 
but I felt this warmth when I was walking Batty through the neighborhood where I'm like, everything is, everything feels normal and sane. I don't know these people who live in my neighborhood. I, I don't know that I would like them if I knew them. But right now I feel this warmth. We can all kind of appreciate a night of sanity. And uh, unfortunately, Carl and his mom can't. Like, I mean, when can she go back to her house? Will she want to go back to her house? Will she survive this? What will become of him? How, how does a guy like that, how do you come back from this if you're him? If you're Carl, how do you come back from this? If your mind is already that far gone, I know there's, I know people do, but I, I hope he can't come back to this neighborhood ever again. I hope there's not some loophole where he can somehow come back to this neighborhood. Because what I was going to say a minute ago, and I forgot to say, was that what I was thinking about last night was not even so much what was going on in that house right then. I was thinking like this ticking time bomb has been living two doors down from me all along. Who's to say like I, there couldn't have been a confrontation with him? Who, who's to say he couldn't have snapped and done something weird to a neighbor? And thinking about it now, we're like all along I've been walking by this house every day that typically has the shades drawn and an air conditioner running, even in the winter. I'm not exaggerating when I say that I've noticed that this house has the air conditioning running even in the winter. And I've always found that strange. I'm like, those people like a very cool house all the time. It must be freezing in that house. And I wonder if that's kind of part of his... Uh, his, his state of mind. This guy is obviously unwell and has been unwell for a very long time leading up to this based on what I've been told. But does he require that? Does he require a house with the shades drawn and the air conditioning on year-round all the time? I'm just glad that... I don't know, because I, I, I never got the feeling. Like, sometimes I've had neighbors before where you kind of get the feeling they're weird... You get the feeling maybe uh, they're a problem. You see signs of mental illness. In this case, I just never saw anything. It was just sort of a, a mystery house. But you never know. You never know what's going on there. Uh, I did a drawing years ago. It was... Uh, a woman in a thong, of course, throwing a knife into a wall, I believe, and the knife was attached to a chain, and she was, like, reeling it in, and there was a man kind of standing in the shadows of a doorway, and there was a couch, and I titled it, A Home is an Island. And I always like that title, because, I mean, it's, a home really is this island, it's like, you f when you leave your home, you feel like you're entering the waters. You feel it kind of like you're going out to sea. And there's this very clear boundary. You know, it's like the walls of my house, of my property, are an island. 
it's your own personal island and if you live with somebody you share that island with them I hear a person talking Patty, it's okay. Shh. 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 It's like someone walking down the trail and it's after dark. I don't need any more madness. Maybe it's just the autistic kid. There's an autistic kid in my neighborhood who, um, he's always uh, on his phone. And I found out he plays, yeah, I think it's just him. It's, it's at least, it's, it's another one of the, 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 he's an example of what I mean. There's this kid uh, who lives, he's probably 30 by now. But he, um, he lives down the street and he, I think he lives with his mom, and he, uh, I remember him back when he was still, like, a kid, because he's quite a bit younger than me, and the first time I ever saw him, there was, like, this, uh, wall of rocks, where they were building some houses, and they they had made, like, a wall of rocks, where like the house was going to be built against it. And I just saw him violently whipping it with a stick. And then he turned and looked at me and I was just like, Oh, that kid's disturbed. But, uh, then, uh, now he's an adult and he goes he, like, I have a trail behind my house and in the middle of the night, it's not, it's only nine fifty, but it's totally dark back there. He goes and he walks into the woods, but he always has his phone in his hand. And sometimes he's talking, like maybe he has a podcast, but sometimes he's talking like he was now. But I found out that he plays Pokemon Go. So I, I think that's why he's on his phone all the time. But he does some things that are a little unnerving sometimes. But he's a good example of one of those people that you see in the neighborhood and you go, like, there's something a little off about him. Whereas, like, the guy, the madman from last night with the sword... I just never had an impression of him one way or the other. I, n I never knew there was any darkness. I just, he just seemed like a guy who kept to himself. But anyway, I just, I heard loud talking going down the trail and it's totally dark out. Um, so, uh, I was just like, fuck, I don't need, I don't need any we other weird people. I mean, it was like, I think it was a full moon last night. I looked up at one point while the ordeal was going on. And I realized it was a full moon, of course. But anyway, yeah, look, I, it was just—it was just the other weird guy in the neighborhood walking past my house. I'm the third one. I'm the other weird one, except for people think I'm like I should be on the housing board. But anyway, um, I don't even remember what I was saying. Oh, home is an island, where like uh, the idea is like you know, it's just—it's this weird close. It's like. When you're in a home with somebody, 
it is like you're stuck on an island with them. And when you live alone, it's like your own private island for better and worse. And, and it does, when you leave your home, you do feel like you're going out to sea. Like I, and I didn't think, you know, this, when I came up with that title, it wasn't, wasn't pretentious. It just came to me and I was like, I like that. I like that. I didn't, I didn't think about all this, like going out to sea and all that. It just made immediate sense. Like I, I don't feel like I even need to explain it. But uh, I'm just kind of explaining it now. But everybody's house in this neighborhood is its own little island. And like these people... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, I'm still sick. I, I hate to do that on, on here, but... I'm just getting disrupted here. But, uh... You know, every house in this neighborhood, like these people were certainly on an, a little island. This guy was living in a little island. It's their world. It's like I was saying about my next door neighbor. I keep all the shades drawn on that side of the house because like I don't need to see into his world and he doesn't need to see into mine. I don't need to see what's going on on his island and he doesn't need to see what's going on on mine. It's that simple. Uh, but anyway... Uh, I don't, I don't know what else I have to say, just, you know, tonight, uh, I'm just thinking about what happened last night, and I'm just, like, enjoying the silence, and, and just enjoying, my goal is to get a lot of sleep tonight. Like, my plan, actually, my, my plan was, like, last night, I'm going to come home, I'm going to walk Batty, I'm just going to relax and get a ton of sleep, and then Friday, which is tonight... I'm going to lift weights. I'll feel good enough that I can lift weights again. You know, being sick for the last week, I haven't lifted weights, and I, I feel just disgusting. I, it's funny. When you lift weights and work out, and you miss even a few days, if you even get off schedule for a day, you feel like it's all gone. Because it's mental. Like it, it benefits you so much mentally that it's like you're just like, oh, everything's falling apart. It's over. Oh, it's over. And so not having worked out for a week, I'm like, oh, oh my God, it's all, it's all gone. It's all done. Um, so my plan was to get back to working out tonight. But tonight ended up being what last night was supposed to be with this backwash and hangover of what happened last night, with this reflection of what happened last night. And on top of all that, I got five hours of sleep on a work night. You know, not only did I not get that full night of sleep that I was hoping for, I got five hours. Right when I'm bouncing back from being sick. Like, it's not good. Especially with the stress and demand of my job. Like, I, I need, you know, I, I need a full eight. You know, I can get by with seven hours of sleep and feel fine, but I really need to sleep more for this job with how demanding it's been with how long my days are there. Especially with a weekend like this coming up, Labor Day weekend. I'm like, I, I need my rest. I, I need to be operating at my full ability. And so last night, to get only five hours, I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm not working out. I'm not, I'm not even going to come close to getting back to normal. 
But anyway, uh, I don't think I have too much more. It's crazy the noise one man can make, you know. A quiet guy who, in my opinion, just kind of looked like Stephen King. Just like a, a kind of a, an introverted, mild-mannered guy who looked like Stephen King in the few glimpses I got of him. Which, if I actually saw him now, he probably looks nothing like that. Definitely has long hair, definitely has a ponytail. But probably doesn't look like Stephen King. He has glasses and a ponytail, I know that much. The one thing that I found really eerie was when my neighbor called me last night while it was going on and she was like, oh, it's this guy Carl. He's the son of Sherry, I think her name is. Carl, son of Sherry. Uh, I was like, oh, he's like the heavy set guy with a ponytail and glasses who walks. And she's like, no. And I was like, oh, he's the guy, he has gray hair, a gray ponytail and glasses, and he drives a gray Jeep Cherokee. And she's like, no, she's like, Carl doesn't drive. He doesn't even have his license. And I was like, I, I know I've seen him driving. I know for a fact that I've seen Carl driving. Which is kind of scary. But thinking back now, it's been years since I saw him driving. When they first moved in, I would see him come and go occasionally in this Jeep Cherokee. But thinking back, I'm like, you know, it's been a long time since I saw that. So there might have been this gradual deterioration going back several years where when they moved in there, he would, uh, he still drove and I would see him not often, but I would see him, but then yeah, thinking back in the last pretty much since Coronavi, I haven't seen him drive. And uh, I really haven't seen him do anything. I haven't seen him. I, I almost didn't think he lived there anymore. And so he's just been in there. He's been on his island. And this is what ended up happening. You know, this, this is what came of it. Because you got to leave your island. I mean, Wednesday was my only day off this week, and I was sick. So when I woke up, I was like, you know, I already have all the groceries I need. Maybe today's going to be one of those rare days in my life where I don't leave the house, because I don't have those. I very rarely go far. But even when I don't need to run any errands or do anything, sometimes I'll just go to the store for 10 minutes and look around and get one or two things just to do it. I just feel the need. Like, I just feel the need to go to Target sometimes and just buy a couple things that I only kind of need. I don't feel right. Like, kind of like I was saying about needing to have some sort of dialogue playing if I'm in the house. Needing to have some kind of audio, something to break the silence. I feel the same way about going out. If I don't go out at least once a day, if I don't go for a walk, if I don't go to a store, I just feel weird. I don't feel right. And so I think you got to leave your island for a second. 
And I wonder, too, like how much, you know, like I said, I would see this guy a little more often, not a lot, but I would see him a little more often in like 2019, around then. But it's really been, yeah, the last three years or so that I, I just haven't seen a trace of him. And I'm wondering if, like many people, his mind has just deteriorated as a result of everything going on. I mean, I'm sure there's much more at play, but these people are sparked by the same things that just cause us, you know, a certain amount of displeasure or dis-ease, unease, can cause people like this to, to completely deteriorate. And I'm guessing something like that happened. Who knows what events occurred? Who knows what this guy's life consists of? Who knows what it consisted of previously? But apparently he had a sword. And since I know he is a, a man with a ponytail and glasses, that makes it all the better. That this man with a ponytail and glasses owned a sword. And so he probably had some kind of fantasy involving that. And that when it when everything fell apart, his uh, impulsive plan was to threaten to kill as many police officers as possible with that sword. I would guess there's been maybe a, an enduring fantasy in his life. I mean, I don't mean to armchair this too much, but you know, I'm guessing maybe there's been some sort of enduring fantasy in his life about wielding a sword. And in his head yesterday, it was, you know, his his final stand was him fighting police officers with a sword. But it didn't happen. And one other thing I learned from the police scanner is that when they gassed his house, he actually put on a respirator mask to endure it. To endure. I mean, last night was, was about endurance. That's why I keep using that word. But that was an interesting twist. Like, I didn't, ima I didn't think that was happening in that house. I didn't think that, that he... Um, w like, when, when they were lighting off the gas, when I saw the big cloud of smoke just engulf the neighborhood, I didn't think that he was in there putting on a respirator mask so he could handle it. And so what the scanner said is ultimately what happened is when the, he had a respirator mask on and they ended up breaking into the house and pepper spraying him. And that's how they got him. He didn't actually come out. Because the impression I had at the end of the night last night is that he finally gave in. I was like, oh, Carl finally gave up and he came out with his hands up. What they actually did is they rushed in the house and pepper sprayed him and arrested him. So he didn't really give in. They just finally uh, subdued him. They pepper sprayed him. And think about that, like a man in a respirator mask in a smoke-filled house with fire alarms blaring and a sword. I wonder if he was holding the sword, like... Because I've wondered, like, about what Carl was doing in that house during those seven hours. And I'm like, was he holding on to the sword, like, waiting for them? Was the sword a bluff? 
Was he bluffing about using the sword? Or was he actually sitting there ready? Was he pacing around? Was he crouched down? Was his back against the wall? Was he just having a total breakdown? Was he watching them at all? Was he observing what was going on? Did he have some way of observing what was taking place? Was he only hearing the sounds? Because there's no way he didn't hear the SWAT officers on like the side of the house. There's no way he didn't hear what was going on in front of the house. But how much of it was he actually observing? How much of it was he actually aware of? That's what I'm curious of. What was his island like? You know, what was Carl's island like last night? This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can 